Hello everybody, welcome to uh, episode 6 of It's All About the CX. Uh, I'm Barry Rafferty, joined as usual with by John Foley. Hey guys. Uh, today we have a very special guest with us. Uh, we've got Brian Powell, who sits in our ERP and SCM side of the house, but it's still all around Oracle Apps. Um, just want to thank, it, thank everybody as, as usual for the feedback that we received from last week's interview. Um, some fan fantastic insights uh, Connor was able to give us into the g gaming and media industry. Uh, look, uh, also as well, yes, we we seem to have sorted out all our sound issues, um, which which is great because uh, I know on, on some of the podcasts uh, people were were just the voices trailed off a bit and we we kind of uh, <laughs> kind of couldn't hear properly. Uh, so look, uh, so it is episode six. So the last kind of three previous uh, parts that we did were were very much around industry focuses. Um, we do have two more coming up later on in the season with finance and travel and transport. Uh, but today, actually, look, with, with Brian here today, I think it's uh, today's going to be a really good day and kind of giving you some some insights on on the power of the type of conversations that we have. Uh, with customers, not just specifically on the customer experience side of the house, uh, but very much around all the business process, uh, some of the back end uh, processes that uh, are extremely important. If especially if you're, you know, in in any sort of distribution, or if there's product that you need to move on, or there's product innovations, uh, large kind of companies as well who who are. We're looking to, to kind of transform their businesses, so we, we might kind of start off small and then move up into kind of larger enterprise. Because I know I'm guilty of whenever I think of like when I talk about swim channels, for example, I go when I'm talking about the customer journey, I'm talking about devices, I'm talking about the website, but I actually don't think of a more holistic view. I'm thinking of the holistic view within digital, within online, but I actually don't think about the back end sometimes, and that's criminal, so it is. So hopefully, we're going to address a few of those today. Yeah, and look, I'm lucky enough. I'm I'm working with Brian at the moment um, on a, on an opportunity. We can't really kind of talk about it, um, unfortunately. Um, but not yet. Uh, not, not yet. But you know, I, I think it's it's we're going to give you some really good kind of insights into the into the power of, of maybe one oracle uh, and the the unified approach that we can actually bring to business transformation and, and all the easy. I suppose uh, some of the unknown pieces that, that some of our listeners mightn't be, mightn't be aware of, of how it's impacting different lines of business um, and hopefully that will come, come into today's conversation so look I'll, sure. I'll hand you over to uh, our quiz master. Thanks, <laughs> so yeah so let's start off Brian uh, I'd love to get a further introduction and your role within the business and the type of businesses you deal with. Yeah so my background is Hunter, I understand you're a Hunter role as well. Indeed. So, well, traditionally, or kind of started as an MRD, which is manufacturing, retail, and distribution. Um, so, I suppose that's probably where I have more expertise than any other area. Uh, specifically, my primary account uh, is in the direct selling uh, mm -hmm. space. And that's a really interesting industry at the moment because. This company that I've been dealing with, they've got a legacy of 130 years 
So they were established mm. in, I think it was 1880. Okay. Now, few changes were, since then. Yeah, <laughs> few changes. So they were a pioneer of the Rex Adam right. when they first came. Um, but recently, that whole model, because of the digitalization of the entire environment, mm -hmm. uh, that whole model has been disrupted. Now mm. we've got direct selling mm. is basically direct source. It's, you know, through Instagram, through YouTube, through all of these different models, mm -hmm. which are, they're effectively got intermediaries. Mm -hmm. So now you've got disruption where the delivery times are much faster. Mm -hmm. So customers don't accept a four or five day delay in terms of delivery. Nowadays, they want 24 hours because that's what able, what Amazon are able mm -hmm. to produce. That's what these born on the cloud businesses, or as they like to, to phrase themselves, are able to, to deliver. Mm -hmm. And that's force and change upon traditional business models. And I think that's where we've come in. That's where we're able to um, modernize the core of many of these businesses. And that's the conversations we want to be involved in. And it's that holistic approach. Yeah. You mentioned earlier on you weren't too familiar with the back office implications and supply chain. Well, that's where you know it's it's up to us to share information, share knowledge, because we would look at the order to cash processes, which is where the order comes in, you know, mm -hmm. and it's processed through the back office system mm -hmm. until it's recognised as cash mm -hmm. in the company's accounts. But that journey actually mm -hmm. starts at the campaign stage, right. so it's you know. That's marketing, that's lead generation, all yeah. of that sort of stuff. That it's really the campaign mm -hmm. to cash process. And it's joining up those conversations. Obviously, the reason we're split is because Oracle's portfolio is so large right. that they can't have people uh, trying to sell every application within yeah. our entire stack, which is why they're separating CX, they're separating, you know, mm -hmm. the back of the front office effectively and the back office. Mm -hmm. But there's huge synergies between conversations yeah. that's why there's a unified platform across ERP supply chain HCM and CX and the good part of those companies you know the way we're able to leverage that is that a lot of that you know if you're going through an implementation of core mm -hmm. CRM a lot of the the actual implementation of developing those call centers whatever it is a lot of the heavy lifting is actually done for a rollout of other the, the other modules within that core platform right so I've tried to, myself and Barry work together, and we've tried to involve tech because I think it's important to have a unified voice mm -hmm. in any conversation to have about a customer. You know, mm -hmm. when I first came in, it was always like, oh, um, we're competing with tech, we're competing with CX. Okay. We shouldn't be, okay. we shouldn't be competing with each other. Mm -hmm. We should be going in as a strategic partner yeah. because that's what we are. We might have best of breed applications around mm -hmm. certain areas. We might be able to sell them point solutions, but ultimately, Oracle's big wins are going to come out of strategic partnerships. For sure. And um, one thing you mentioned there is, go sorry, ahead. John, I was just going to say, like one of one of the things that I really liked what you said there, Brian, is it's the synergies between the front office and the back office. So, take for example, so John is focused on the on the retail sector. So if you take that commerce, our our commerce cloud or our e-commerce platform, and it doesn't matter if you're dealing with B2B or B2C, our platform can, can incorporate both, but it's what happens, bang, at the back end. Once somebody places that order, all of a sudden it's got to go through a huge, um, another set of processes through, you know, through financials to rep, 
you know, recognizing that cash to the supply chain to be able to get it out into distribution. Like, like it, it, it's I, I, like, I'm, okay, I'm biased. We can, we can do this. We can do it better than anybody else else can. We've like we've a number of examples as well that that we that hopefully you'll talk talk about one or one or two of them today. But um, I just think that that's you know okay. We're focused on, on front front of house, but as you said, it starts with a it starts with a marketing campaign. It goes to the sale. You know, goes through your. Your sales cloud or your CRM again it doesn't matter what the CRM is um, but inevitably it's got to go through you know back office business process to be able to before it actually yeah, for those sales to be recognized they have to go through uh, the back office systems and you know most customers you talk about they are open to, to standardizing to simplifying their processes and to automating those processes because they recognize what they're not doing is best practice. They know they are most customers that I talk to are open to getting guidance around what's right. what's best practice. For example, I talked to a customer recently who had two thousand five hundred integrations into their supply chain system. <laughs> like that is complex. That's mind blowing. And to yeah. think about all of those integrations, nobody's going to you can't develop even that system schematic, you know, from a, a from an IT perspective. Then from a supply chain perspective, you've got all of these different interfaces into that system, you know. So if you've got a single unified uh, interface, a single unified platform, it obviously accelerates those processes. You know, it's it's going to reduce the manual workload for people, and there's huge huge business benefits, and that's really what we're trying to get to is. What are the real business benefits of accelerating those processes, simplifying and standardizing those processes, yeah. and automating the processes like what you were talking about? Yeah. So with the, so if we look at the, you, talk, you talked about the applications that need over two thousand, but on the other side, if at the board level, if they're talking about profit margin compared to revenues, you mentioned about the product life cycle before to me. Yeah, and just give an understanding of the different costs and different aspects. So whether it's delivery, like how how can the board look at this and go, all right, we can identify the product lifecycle now. We can identify profit margins rather than revenues. So therefore, we know we can be sustainable. Yeah, well, I'm sure you remember from your college days there was that BCG matrix where they're talking, you know, where you segment your products into. The cash cow products, right. which don't actually require a huge amount of investment because they're going to sell them themselves. Yeah. You recognize the dogs, which is basically yeah. the, the products you're trying to um, you know, phase out. Yeah. You recognize what's the problem children, do mm -hmm. they need additional investment or do they need to be phased out as well? And you recognize the stars. And from a marketing perspective, you're trying to allocate funds to marketing those yeah. stars to make sure that they turn into cash cows so that you can reduce marketing spend on them. That marketing spend needs to be allocated by a finance manager through mm -hmm. the budgeting process. That product lifecycle mapping and product lifecycle development needs to be managed by the supply chain team who are developing those products and the innovation team and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And then the marketing manager knows, okay, these are the focus product products, how are we going to market it? And then the creative element comes in, which is more your kind yeah. of niche or whatever. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Yeah. Uh, and just on that, I can imagine, because Barry and I will be reaching out to the marketing team, you might be reaching out to somebody else. And is it important to get a, a unified voice? 
or how do you see like the communication or who would you be reaching out to talk to within an organization today yeah so very often we're reaching out to different people yeah but that doesn't mean we should be sharing information okay. with one another around those conversations because often within those conversations there's elements that are going to be relevant to me yeah there's elements in the conversation that i'm going to have that are going to be relevant to you okay. and they'll probably trigger something that you'll be like, I can, I can help them with. Right. Whereas I wouldn't be aware of it because I'm not as familiar around the CX products. Right. And the other aspect or angle to that is that you can leverage, you know, different conversations. So while you're having conversations, my contacts are, you know, they mm -hmm. might be engaged in whatever it is, a budgeting process. So they've gone quiet, they've gone to ground. Gotcha. I'm trying to reestablish that relationship and get, mm -hmm. you know, get it going again. So I can leverage some of the conversations that you've had, say, you know, mm -hmm. you've been talking to a marketing manager, uh, he's having difficulty around budget or something mm -hmm. like that. I can say this person, it gives me additional credibility when I'm talking to my stakeholders. For sure. And I think it's those two, you know, mm -hmm. it's like a rising tide, you know, the more conversations we can have on account, the more touch points, the more credibility we can build. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, you become that internal orchestrator where you're linking up the different conversations. I mentioned off camera, I know, but yeah. um, you know, conversations I had where I was talking to uh, the the product costing team. Yeah. I know that they are using an old stuff which got standard costing, mm -hmm. best practices, activity based costing. So what they yeah. should be doing is they should have more visibility over the overhead and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But that has relevance right across the business, it has relevance to finance, it has relevance for supply chain. For sure. And it might have relevance in the front end, but I'm not aware of it. And that's where we can join up our conversations and, you know, have that unified Oracle voice. Because it's good for both mm -hmm. Oracle and it's good for the customer. Hundred percent. And with that as well. When, when we do have these conversations, like you talk about a company there that started in the 1800s, or sorry, the 1900s. Yeah, 1800s, With that as well, I imagine they want to develop and they want to be a better business and they want to be profitable. But was there challenges within the business uh, when you were talking? Or was there a focus on the challenges um, for the customer or was it challenges internally that they're trying to be solved? Um, so I think it's always going to be difficult when you're talking to a customer that has that level of legacy mm -hmm. um, it's going what we're trying to do and we're at early stages they have oracle cloud but what we're trying to partner with them is in a full-scale and transformation okay and to do that it's much more than technology yeah. for that level of transformation you're talking about change management okay so this is where it's important to recognize all of the resources that we have in oracle mm -hmm. because any any transformation deal we do with this customer, we're going to need to involve uh, the back office, the front mm -hmm. office, the tech for integration between mm -hmm. the, the solution. We're going to need to involve uh, advanced customer service mm -hmm. because there's going to be uh, change management requirements. Mm -hmm. They're going to need premium level support because it's going to be such a massive project yeah. and more than likely Oracle Finance yeah. because a project like that is going to have huge cash flow implications. Yeah. Now I know this business, particularly, is hemorrhaging cash. Right. So they can't, they can't create budget out of nothing for this. Right. So how do we do that? We do that by involving the insights team to build a business case. Okay. We make sure that we're right sizing them onto a platform that's suitable for their business. Yeah. And we have to create that budget out of their existing uh, technology budget. So how do we manage that? We can only do that with the insights team. 
and we can do that with like a unified message basically. And that's interesting because I imagine when you're initially having the conversations, you have to set their expectations because they might go, well, we get one piece of software, we can plug that in, and that solves all the problems. Is that the reason you bring in teams to, to break down exactly what each of the modules are that we need to do? Or, or what are those conversations like? Yeah, well, I suppose it's always, what's the root cause of the problem? Is the root cause the fact that they've got so many systems already? Are they just adding an additional uh, piece of technology mm -hmm. when already, uh, you know, it's already failing, yeah. Yeah, like you're adding another piece to it, an already difficult to manage uh, landscape. Yeah. So what's the best way? Is the best way complete uh, business, you know, re-engineering? Mm -hmm. Because that's what we basically advocate sometimes. Mm -hmm. We're trying to force customers down the path of best practice. Right. You know, so how do we do that? We really need to challenge the customer on these things. And it's one stakeholder isn't going to make a decision around... Uh, transformation project mm -hmm. the transformation has to be in flight at some level mm -hmm. and then we have to be basically directing them around what Oracle's vision is for a transformation project and what we think best practices are that's basically what we're trying to do and we're acting as their internal liaison for a project like that so we need to be able to help manage or orchestrate that conversation bring in the right people and like that have a unified voice make sure that we're adding value in the right areas. And I imagine you're breaking down a roadmap as well, because if you're starting from scratch again, you kind of have to set milestones of what's going to be implemented. Is that correct? And who manages that? Absolutely. So for a project like that, you know, we need to bring in someone like a, a solution architect. Okay. Because, you know, I don't know of too many big bang projects that were successful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. It's like how you eat an elephant piece by piece. Right. So that's effectively the way you manage transformation. Mm -hmm. You take it step by step. You, you know, they talk about the low hanging fruit. Right. Very often with a business model like this, you would you would look at it. It's going to it's going to be a hybrid platform mm -hmm. until it transitions fully to cloud. Right. So what are the um, what are the main value points that you can add? What are the areas where you can complement and coexist? before you can fully replace. And that's the way you need to be managed. And we're not gonna be able to do that. Mm -hmm. We need to get the right people involved and the right people would be someone like a solution architect. Right. We're lucky to be having them here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sorry, John, I, like one of the things um, you know, that I, I, I like about this story is uh, uh, it's, it's a company that's 130 years old that has actually you know, gone through many different transformations over that period of time. But now I suppose they're, they're really embracing kind of the, the last kind of piece of the puzzle in a way, because we work with a lot of companies as well who've been you know, born in the cloud, they're almost cloud native, they're used to SaaS um, products, they're used to you know, PaaS and IaaS. Um, but you know, some, I think, and, and it's what I like about what we have to offer now. Like when, when people choose Oracle as a company, we have so many different options and variables that, that, that they can actually leverage and utilize. Um, you know, in our suite of products, but even in your suite of products. Like it's even, like I remember, you know, five, six years ago, if somebody was looking to do, you know, a big ERP implementation, 
or even a small European implementation, um, it meant huge, significant upfront investments in hardware. Um, they would have to then have a particular amount of skill sets on site within their companies as well. Whereas we, we can actually do a lot of that heavy lifting for them now. Where you know five six years ago, you know we we wouldn't have been in a position to be able to offer them, you know, platform as a service, and then being able to offer them that premier support to actually, do you know, what, you know, let us host this for you, let us you know look after it, manage it, maintain it, so that you can get on with your day to day and run run your own business at the same time. Yeah, well, I think basically the cloud model is effectively that they're outsourcing a lot of that hardware and all of that sort of stuff and maintenance to an IT vendor like ourselves. Yeah. Um, and then what we're promoting is the fact that we're able to generate economies of scale and yeah. give that back to them in savings. You know, well, we're, so, so we're still, as a business, able to make profit and they're getting the fact that, you know, they're shifting a lot of these hardware and maintenance requirements off their books, off their balance sheet. Yeah. So like, that should be a win-win for both businesses. And it's about discussing that. And, you know, a lot of times there's, there's education involved in that. Yeah. And it's what do the business need? Because sometimes they actually, as we've experienced, there's a, some companies are happy for the foreseeable future to manage on an on-premise backbone. Yeah. And it's about how you can complement and coexist with them. So they're looking for tactical solutions. They're not looking for a strategic change like that company who I mentioned earlier on. So there's two different uh, conversations yeah, you can have. Yeah, are you looking for a tactical solution or are you looking for a strategic solution? Because basically we can cover off both. Yeah. You know, we've got best of breed point applications and we've got a strategic platform that's as good as any in the market. And that's basically the, the message we're delivering to the customer. Yeah. You know, like from my perspective, ERP is one of Oracle's focus applications. If there if there's an ERP project, we're out in front of everybody. If there's a HCM um, conversation, we're out in front of everyone bar maybe workday, you know. Yeah. And then from a strategic point of view, I know you have uh, applications that are best of breed, Eloqua, Maximizer Cloud, things like that. Yeah, it's yeah. about having well, we can cover all these bases if you're going with um, you know, best of, a best of breed approach. You know, we still think we're best positioned to offer the backbone, and then they might want to supplement that with some other applications. But that's the conversation we're looking to have with most customers. Yeah. And Brian, one thing. So I mentioned at the very top um, about customer experience online. So I do mystery shoppers, and I go online and I, I buy something off the website. So what happens is... Okay, to that. <laughs> 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 so, that's that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> anyway, so I'll I make the purchase. Um, and you mentioned one thing at the very top as well. You were like the four to five day delivery. Yeah. So once I've done my job of looking at everything and gone, all right, you need to look at service. Okay, actually now the time duration to actual delivery is actually a problem. Is that where you guys can help? Yes, yeah, so a lot of the... A lot of what we do, it's accelerating it through the process from order to fulfillment. That's basically okay. what we're doing. Like so, um, we can use there's applications like transportation management mm -hmm. solutions 
where you can uh, you have more visibility over where the ship you know where mm -hmm. the, the truck is where the where the ship is mm -hmm. that's delivering the actual end product to the customer. Mm -hmm. Then you can give accurate delivery times and things yeah. like that. Um, and basically, it's from a streamlining perspective. That's mm -hmm. what we're trying to do. Customers who have those four to five uh, day delivery times, mm -hmm. the only way they're going to get to a 24 hour delivery time mm -hmm. is by completely uh, re engineering what they're doing at the moment. And that's what we're trying to position is, you know, that, that encompasses ERP, supply yeah. chain, and CX. Yeah, like, and it comes back to one of Brian's earlier points as well about being able to automate all the whole. If you can automate and take as much yeah. of that manual process out of it, um, like that's that's how you get your your savings. That's how you cut down times. So yes, yeah. we can still like put controls around it. There can still be approvals, but when the approval process is click to accept, basically, you know, it's much faster than manually doing you know uploading documents or whatever needs to be done on the back of you know the back yeah. of the stuff then it is to where the system is all integrated natively integrated and it's basically flows through the system seamlessly and that's what should happen so as we're coming up again to retail when we're coming up to um, <laughs> black friday christmas all the buying times is there is there an appetite for this conversation at the moment in businesses like, are you banging on doors? Are they actually coming to us, like asking the questions? Is can you solve this problem for us? And just finally, who are the people you're having those conversations with, if you are? Um, I think still there needs to be a huge amount of education okay. that even from very senior stakeholders that I've talked to, mm -hmm. they're not as familiar as you would expect. Maybe we think they're more educated because we're constantly hearing it, we're constantly, yeah. you know. We're in the bubble. We're in the bubble, whereas they're not there in the weeds. Yeah. So that's the yeah. difference is like, it's to get that two-way education, and yeah. it is a two-way education. It's them telling us what they want and mm -hmm. what they need and what they see as their real challenges, yeah. because that basically identifies what the priorities are mm -hmm. on their table. So yeah. what elements can we help them with immediately, and then what elements can we help them with in the longer term? Sorry. Go back to your question. And then who are the people that should be driving these conversations within the business? Well, very often now you see someone coming on with the title transformation director. Okay. That's the person who is driving these conversations. Yeah. Innovation director mm -hmm. sometimes are the people who have a strategic focus because they're looking at, right, you know, uh, product life cycles are getting shorter. Yeah. So all of a sudden customers you know, there's a there's like an industry wide um focus on shorter product life cycles, mm -hmm. uh, more innovation, and then basically having that balanced portfolio as well. Yeah. So they're the kind of people who who you would really see who who are I'd reach out to initially. Mm -hmm. It's sometimes it can be hard to find them in a business, yeah. but when you start seeing titles like transformation director, yeah. obviously it's going to alert you. Anyway, yeah. yeah, it's top of the mind, and they're aware that their their business model needs uh, refocus, or they need to start looking at it. Because even in the last few podcasts, we've talked about businesses in retail that have failed, and it's because they hadn't transformed in time. Yeah. So therefore, they were trying to fly the plane and also fix it while it's in the air as well. Yeah. So what we need to do is have these conversations the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things, it's like, you know, 
this needs to be up front and center for mm -hmm. the business. We can help manage that conversation. And often what you want to do, what we're all trying to do is get in front of the customer because once you have that face-to-face -face interaction, you start workshopping activities and processes. Mm -hmm. That's where you get two-way learning. Mm -hmm. You know, We learn a huge amount about what the appetite is within their business mm -hmm. for change and they start learning about best practices mm -hmm. from Oracle. And I think any conversation is going to, you know, if you meet a customer face-to-face, -face, I'm sure you've experienced it yourself, they come back with opportunities and conversations that you didn't know existed. Exactly. And as well as that, it's, it's literally within each in different industry, there's different challenges. Yeah. And if you can understand that challenge within that industry and you have a solution for it, well, then there's value in the conversation. Absolutely. Because the yeah. last thing we want to be doing is just throwing information at people that is just whether it sticks or it doesn't stick. It's more about tell us the problem and we'll solve it for you. Well, this is the way I would manage my entire account base. The first thing I do when I get my accounts is obviously do my KYC, I profile the accounts, but I start going into the weeds of the business because you'll start learning from their from the annual reports what are the key uh, risks, uncertainties, um, regulations that that customer has to abide by or focus on achieving because that's going to determine, next we try to map that onto a solution. So, for example, uh, one customer I'm talking to is in pathology services, which are like... So it's basically like cancer research, okay. right? Yeah. But their labs need to be ISO 15, 18, 9 compliant. Now, do I know what that is? No, but I can see it in their reports. So you start looking into what that actually mm -hmm. is, learning about what it is. Mm -hmm. It's obviously all around, it's around like, lab health and safety and stuff like that so how does that align to us in terms of solutions well that has hcm implications because you need to map incidents of you know health and safety incidents in the system register that and be able to produce a report on that to the body that awards that certification so even when you start talking about that if you start talking about that to the customer from their perspective you start going so how do you manage uh, health and safety around lives. You know, yeah. you don't need to know a whole lot about it, but it yeah. perks their interest that you've done your you've done your due diligence. Due diligence yeah. You understand what's focused for those businesses and then conversations naturally arise out of that. So Brian, um for conversations, you think uh, on the twentieth of November in the Hilton in London would be a great opportunity to have a conversation with people who are interested in solving these problems. <laughs> I think that's a loaded question, isn't it? <laughs> well, absolutely. But you will be attending MCX, is that correct? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And Barry, you're attending as well? Um, I'm not, not, not too sure. I do, I do have a number, number, number of customers, actually, who are, who are attending. Uh, I'll probably confirm that next week. So if we have a week without a podcast, you you know the reason why. But I might do a little video then. I'm over there. I might grab Brian. <laughs> well, thanks very much, Brian. Is there anything within? Because again, you work in the UK and Irish market. Is there anything that you're finding um, coming down the line that people are are talking about at the moment, specifically within ERP, or is it purely again? of trying to reduce retail again, yeah. reduce that delivery time or? Um, so reducing that delivery mm -hmm. time is, is one aspect. From my perspective, demand management is another conversation okay. that you're hearing. So it's more accurate forecasting of demand. Mm -hmm. So 
that's basically where you know what businesses are trying to do is reduce their inventory holding. Okay. Because if you can, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, I know this, but it might have implications, and this is where it's worth having those cross cross off conversations yeah. because sometimes it does have relevance towards the expert. Okay. And it's about reducing, cause you know, customers might have twenty percent of their annual turnover held as stock. Right. There's huge cost implications mm -hmm. to that. For example. There's the risk of theft, there's the risk of obsolescence, there's the risk of damage, mm -hmm. there's insurance costs that go into that. Mm -hmm. So if they can better understand the demand from their customers, which is where you come in, yeah. uh, they can reduce that stock holding, mm -hmm. free up cash to invest in other activities, like marketing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's about understanding those, you know, yeah. those cross you know, uh, impact and for sure, absolutely, and understand the business and therefore freeing up, as you said, cash and then focus on profit margins as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the sessions uh, for MCX, they're actually going to be talking about IOT, and at the moment there is a bit of an initiative between um, both sides, front and back office sides of the house at the moment. Um, I know that a, a couple of our solution engineers are are going around and demoing our one of our IoT solutions, um, and and it's very much to do with you know the, the back back office supply chain um, right through to uh, to actually our, our service service cloud. So yeah, I know that they're I think they're going to be demoing it at, at MCX. It's 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 well well worth going over and ha having a chat with the guys because. It, it lets you, it will give you a really good insight into um, how, how the two complement and supplement, supplement each other very well. And I think that's that's something, that, that is a theme you'll probably see with Oracle over, over the next 12, 24 months where IoT will become, become much stronger and how it links into the front and the back office together. Not just with marketing, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, excellent. Well, thanks very much, Brian, Thank for you. giving some insights there. I'll pass it back to Barry. Yeah, look, we really appreciate you coming to talk to us. We didn't give Brian much notice, by the way. Um, we didn't tell him what we were going to ask him either. So, um, because again, look, we, we just want these kind of conversations to flow. This is something that Brian does day in, day out, does it really well, works really well, you know, across the organization, uh, which which is brilliant. He's, he, look, he just, he, he's made, made it easy for me to be able to work with side of the house and I, I've been able to you know expand my relationships as well and actually open up other opportunities with with other with other sales guys like Brian um, look again MCX 20th of November we're going to stick it a stick a link up up there again um, I think there, there's there is still a few places left on this um, it will, will be maxed pretty soon but if you are interested in going Reach out to myself or or John. Uh, we're going to stick Brian's details for his LinkedIn in the post as well. Again, he didn't know we were going to do that, but we're going to do it. And um, look, if you have any questions or queries, you can reach out to Brian directly. I'm sure he'd be yeah, more than happy to, to to answer those questions. Uh, or you can reach out to myself as myself and John. John as always. Um, and look. Um, well, so that's all from me this week. Uh, look, keep the feedback coming in, keep the questions coming in, and uh, look, chat to you next week. Have a productive week. Thank you.